All right, so after hearing these kinds of stories and maybe Mike's story last week, I still think there's probably two kinds of people here this morning. And the first kind is someone who, whether you've said something this morning or not, you can just testify to God has done something. Be it ever so gentle or ever so significant in your life, you have sensed a divine restoration in your life this year. And to you, I want to say, please continue with that. Don't see that as this thing, this kind of upgrade that you've got and, and now you've done your work with God. Rather see this as a, just a new way of being with God, a new way of walking with God. But then maybe there's other people sitting here this morning saying, Stephen, I wish I had a testimony. I wish I had a story. And what about my restoration? What I want to say to you, part of what today's message is about. So just checking the batteries here. Part of what today's message is about, but also, you know, the Lord doesn't stop His restoring work in our lives just because we move on to a different series. And so all the things that we've learned, all the postures that we've learned of how we can relate to this God who loves to restore us, please continue doing that. But you know, Again, I think some of us have this thought in our minds, well, I wonder what my miracle is going to look like. And I want to use just a brief example that we all know well from primary school. Still one of the greatest miracles in the natural world is where what starts off with a tiny little caterpillar. You know, he grows up and all he does is eat and eat and eat and eat and eat until he's this nice, big, fat, juicy caterpillar. And then one day he goes and he attaches himself onto a twig or a branch or a leaf wraps a cocoon around himself, turns into a chrysalis, and a short time later emerges as a wonderful moth or a butterfly. Now listen, I've tried to do that. doesn't work on humans. Eating and napping. No, I don't come out. More powerful and more beautiful. But anyway, if you had to see this trapped butterfly, and you had to have pity on this butterfly and try and release it, you know that instead of releasing this butterfly into freedom, you'll probably be ending its life. So there's a process that it needs to go through. And I really hope that as we look at this from a spiritual perspective this morning, that we would be encouraged. And we're going to briefly look at a passage that we have covered in detail here before. But I do believe we can look at it with fresh eyes this morning and be encouraged. And so we're going to read from 2 Corinthians 4, verses 7 to 9 onwards. Paul is writing to a church where he says this, but we have this treasure in jars of clay so that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. Now this is the Apostle Paul. And if you want to find out the kind of situations that he's describing here, you need to go read the book of Acts or just go read the surrounding chapters. But it is not a walk in the park by any stretch of the imagination. And so one asks yourself, well, what is the testimony here? What is the miracle of the story? Because if anything, what this person is describing sounds pretty depressing. What their life looks like is they're hard-pressed. They're perplexed. They're persecuted. They struck down. That doesn't sound like a testimony. 
And so I think one of the things that this passage is inviting us to recognize is that I think for many of us, we believe the only valid testimony is I was going through a tough time, I prayed about it, and then all of a sudden it went away. Now, praise the Lord, that was some of your testimonies. I also know because I've been with you and I've walked with you, I know some of your stories didn't work out in that particular way. But some of us, we're wanting a testimony, but we're saying, but Stephen, that's me. You've just described me. I'm hard pressed. I'm perplexed. I don't know what's going on in my life anymore. It feels like everybody is against God and the work of God in my lives. I just feel like I wake up every single day only to be struck down again. I wish I had a different kind of a testimony, but there is a testimony here. The testimony in these verses was, I'm hard-pressed but not crushed. And so maybe what we believe a testimony ought to look like can look very different because the miracle in these verses is when we look at somebody's life or maybe our own lives and we look at what they're going through, and yet this person continues taking steps of faith. This person continues loving God and loving neighbors. This person continues with the buoyancy and a resiliency that comes from their relationship in Christ. That's the testimony in these verses. That's the true miracle, and that can only be God. And so let's continue what this looks like in verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly, Looking at our circumstances, we are wasting away, meaning my circumstances are still pretty rough right now. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. There's that word renewed or restored. And so once again, we've got a description of the Christian walk where nothing has changed in my circumstances. If anything, the heat is on. And things are pretty rough right now. This is where you're still not getting the job. You're still not getting the breakthrough. You're still not finding freedom from the illness. And too many of us will conclude from that, therefore I don't have a story. Therefore God is not with me. Therefore I don't have a testimony. And listen, I know what that feels like. I've been there. There's something in our natural perspective that says the only valid testimony is kind of the rags to riches testimony, the American dream. Things were financially tough and I woke up and there was money in my bank accounts. Now I've heard stories like that, where God moves someone to respond to a need in a secret, well-timed, prophetic, powerful way. But many of us go through our whole lives without seeing God answer a prayer in that way. So does that mean God is not at work in my life? And I think these verses challenge us to think differently. These verses invite me to believe and to prioritize what God is doing in me over my circumstances. This is how it says it. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Outwardly, we are wasting away. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. And these scriptures are inviting me to, to place a greater weight on this renewal, restorative work that God is doing 
in me. Now on one hand, this is a hard truth because a way easier truth is kind of that American dream testimony. One, two. One, two, there we go. Where was I? <laughs> okay. The hard truth, the hard truth is I wish God would answer my prayer, their expectations, the way I want Him to answer my prayer. If I was God, the way I would answer this prayer is dot, dot, dot. And if God doesn't answer my prayer that way, He's clearly not at work in my life. He's at work in everybody else's life, but not my life. So that's the hard truth. This is God responding to us in ways that maybe at a certain level we don't like, but I actually believe this is an even more glorious truth. Because let's say you are in a difficult position and you pray, and at that level, God answers your prayer and releases you from that moment. Amen, praise the Lord. But let's say this verse is your testimony. Outwardly, things are still so tough. Outwardly, it looks like things are wasting away and actually moving in the wrong direction. And yet inwardly, God is renewing me and restoring me. That means it doesn't matter which way God answers my prayer, He gets the glory. If we allow Him to do this. And so, in order to grow in this, we need a different perspective. And so I want to read the next few verses. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that out, far outweighs them all. And so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, when it comes to our prayers and our expectations and our challenges, and what we're hoping God will do, I believe every single one of us has a bit of a scale in our minds. And I'm going to populate the two sides of the scale with the words from these verses. Because on the one side are my troubles. Whatever those troubles might be for you, the problem is those troubles are very easily seen and experienced. But they're also temporary because there will come a time when they will be gone. On this side is this inner renewal work that God is doing in me. The challenge with that is sometimes it's not as easily seen. And yet, this is the eternal side. And so for most of us, and again, I see this in myself all the time, that when this side is getting very heavy, I look at this side, and this side seems very small. And I'm like, God, please would you answer my prayer by making this side smaller. In other words, take my circumstances away. What if one of the ways God can answer your prayers by making this side infinitely bigger? Let me try and illustrate. There's a story I've told before, and uh, you need to use your imagination. I got this from J.D. Greer. But uh, imagine you get some news that you've come into an inheritance and, and there's a whole lot of money in your bank account now and you just need to go to the bank and sign it off. And so you get in your car, you drive to the bank and on the way there, you run out of money. You're like, well, that's not gonna stop me. I've got money in my accounts. So you lock your car and you start walking. But imagine it's still a few kilometers and so you get dehydrated, you get tired, you get sore. Now, 
this money that you, that's coming into account, imagine on one hand, it's a thousand rand. At some point, you're going to reach a limit where you say, listen, my car's broken down, I need petrol, I'm walking, I'm tired. It's not worth all of that for a thousand rand. However, imagine it wasn't a thousand rand, but 10 million rand. Listen, you will walk on hands and knees. You will hitchhike. You will do whatever it takes to get to the bank. Can you see? This side hasn't changed. The experience of challenge and difficulty has stayed the same. What has changed is this side. The sense of what is really going on. The sense of reward. The eternal things. And so what God is trying to give us a perspective of is, listen, what I am doing in you, even if I don't change your circumstances, is way, way, way more important, way more eternal than the things on this side. Which brings me back to the butterfly. Because if you try and set it free too early, you stop the work that is happening in that chrysalis. And so sometimes God is doing stuff on this side of the scale, stuff that is of eternal value. I heard a quote a couple of weeks ago that just made me think about this by Edison Bevere. He says, sometimes God doesn't want to deliver us this side, from the thing that is going to deliver us to Him. The things of eternal value. So, Stephen, help me understand what are the kinds of things God can be doing in me, these restorative renewal things that are of eternal value. And there are so many, but I'm only going to focus on three. Uh, I got this by, from a book uh, by Timothy Keller, who, by the way, went to be with the Lord a few days ago and uh, he's just probably one of the people outside of C.S. Lewis that I quote the most here at Riverside. And, and what a great ministry and what a legacy that he's left and what an influence on so many people and people to come. But in his book, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering, he talks about three things that God is doing on this side of the scale, even if he doesn't take the challenges away. Now there's more, but here's just three of them. And I'm calling them three opportunities because at some point we need to recognize what God could be doing in my life and I can either fight it or submit to it. So there's the opportunity. There's the invitation. And the first one is this. People who endure become more resilient. See, once we've learned how to cope with a certain level of challenge and stress with long-suffering and patience, I'm able to encounter similar circumstances with less anxiety, with more faith, and with more love. We see this Romans 5 verses 3 to 4. We also glory in our sufferings because we know, I know something. I know what God is doing in my suffering because suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. The second thing God could be doing in me and it's an opportunity for me to recognize that suffering strengthens relationships. It's the crucible of the, of the moment and the challenge where I'm forced to lean into people. A friend of mine went through this. He, 
was single and he started liking a young lady and he wasn't quite sure, is this the woman I'm going to be with for the rest of my life? And, and then she went into a car accident and, and she just needed love and support and he just said to himself, I'm going to be there for her. And you know that relationship was forged in that moment of trauma and they have now had a marriage for well over probably around 15 years at that point in time. So we're invited to lean onto people, lean onto the church, lean onto our family members. This also makes us in relationships more compassionate and empathetic. Why? Because I've been there. I know what it's like. And then thirdly, suffering changes our priorities and our philosophies. See, most of us have a belief system hardwired into us that prioritizes comfort and personal happiness in my circumstances above relationships, character, and my relationship with the Lord. And if things aren't working well in this area, right, I tend to blame God or I tend to blame others because I've got the system built up in my life. Then what suffering does, it comes along, it puts a bomb under this belief system, blows it all up, and now I'm either going to try and rebuild that system the way it was with comfort at the top, or I'm going to mature. And then I'm going to realize that these things, the eternal things, relationships, character, and my relationship with the Lord are the things that are of eternal value. Which brings us back to the series. What if just because your testimony doesn't sound like one of these breakthrough stories, what if your testimony sounds like I'm still under so much pressure and strain? But what if your testimony is, but listen, there's something of God in this. There's this also surpassing power from God in this. I'm hard pressed, but I'm not crushed. I'm perplexed, but not in despair. I'm persecuted, but not abandoned. I'm struck down, but I'm not destroyed. Does that make your testimony any less God? The answer is no. And so as we close in prayer this morning, I want every single one of us, regardless of whether you shared this morning or, or whether you're still, in a sense, waiting for your story, that we learn to see our stories and our lives and our testimonies and what we think and hope God can be doing in my life in different ways. And maybe God will help us see the work that He is, in fact, doing in you and that we can celebrate that and that I do have a story. Let us pray. Lord, I'm so grateful again for the stories we've heard, the stories of encounter, the stories of you igniting something in people's lives. Lord, I also pray for those who feel like they don't have a testimony because life is still tough. The way we've hoped you would answer our prayers hasn't happened. And at some level, we've concluded that therefore, you're far from us. You're not at work in my life. 
Folks, wherever you are at, regardless of what you feel about your current circumstances right now, I just want to ask you to invite God into that place. We've been challenged about some of the expectations we bring to God. God, I lay down my expectations. I just ask you to meet me right here, right now. And I'm going to trust you with my life. Lord, I don't think there's a person in the room that when it comes to the scale of things feels like we've got it right. I know that when my comfort is uncomfortable, when my life is hard, it feels like the biggest burden to me. Lord, would you blow our minds with your perspective on things? the eternal weight of glory, to quote these verses. The true weight of maturity and character and renewal. Sometimes even if my circumstances aren't changed, you are wanting to do a deep work in me. God, give us faith for that. And lastly, give us eyes to see that. We can see you at work in my challenge, in my pressure, in my pain, you are doing something in me. And so God, I choose to submit to that. I choose to see this as an opportunity for your eternal grace. And God, I trust you with the outcome, with your wisdom, But we know, as we've heard from all these stories, you are so close to us and you are with us and your grace is so available to us. God, if it's the hard thing you're doing in my life, please do the hard thing. Because that's what I take with me into eternity. I don't always like it, but I choose that this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you care about every aspect of who I am. So, Lord, would you continue this restoring work as we invite you into our challenging circumstances, as you change our perspective, and as you open our eyes to see how near and how close you are and the work that you are, in fact, doing. We choose you and your kingdom above all things this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.